Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame video game podcast starring Matt Levy and Mike Staub. We love video games and have embarked on a journey to index the greatest video games of all time into our very own Hall of Fame. Here's the show. Hello, Mike. How are you today, sir? Hey, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What I thought we would do this week, Mike, I'm wearing a hat. I'm just going to oh. throw it over to you onto your head and see if I can maybe take control of, of Mike for this episode. I get all of his capabilities. I can now play music. I can do all the, all the cool rock and roll stuff that Mike can do. Pretty good. How do you feel about Dragon Ball Kakarot now? Oh, it's the great, still the greatest <laughs> game ever. I mean, damn it, didn't work. Mike, the game we're talking about, if people didn't catch the hint this week, is... Not the newest, because we've gotten one or two since then, but it's still found in our memories from 2017, Nintendo Switch's Super Mario Odyssey. Mike, what does this game mean to you? What does this game mean to Mario gamers? What does this game mean to 3D platforming? Tell me it all. So I love this game. I really do. This was my top game of 2017. But Mike, um, Breath of the Wild came out that I, year. I know it did. I know it did. But I know, and most people will disagree with me, but I actually enjoyed this game more than I did Breath of the Wild. And that's that's like that's saying a lot because Breath of the Wild, I think, is is quite, quite good. But at the same time, it's one of those things where I am definitely I am definitely more of a Mario fan than I am a Zelda fan. And this game felt like one of the most creative Mario experiences uh, ever. Now, granted, there is a lot of influence from another Nintendo franchise in this game with Kirby, whereas it's almost like Nintendo was like, okay, let's take one of the concepts from Kirby and let's mess with it to create this new ability where Mario can essentially turn into other things by throwing his hat at said things. Now, I understand like that is one of the one of the one of the complaints that people have about this game is that oh well it's just Kirby. It's really not. I think I think saying that this is quote unquote Mario but Kirby is kind of wrong because Kirby kind of gets an ability from someone but it still only really works in the Kirby space. It wouldn't be till like Kirby in the in the lost what is it the forgotten land where he would like transform into things like yeah kirby like he gets a new hat and then he can hit you with a sword which i love and that definitely was a was an was an influence on odyssey i would imagine uh, especially since kirby and nintendo and all that but odyssey was was such an interesting take because we had not played a 3d mario game like this in 15 years because if you think about it the Mario games that came out between Sunshine, which is a game that people don't love, and Odyssey were really all either 2D Mario games or kind of like that isometric Mario style that we saw in Super Mario 3D Land, Super Mario 3D World. And I, those games are fantastic. But Odyssey was kind of like, this is the culmination of everything you would want out of a 3D Mario game. The worlds were bigger. The worlds were way bigger. You didn't get kicked out of the world when you got a star anymore. And Mario's abilities based on like what he could like throw his hat at were so unique 
and so interesting. And it felt like while it is a collectathon of a video game, it felt like you were just constantly getting things. And there were so many secrets and each kingdom has has it's just so interesting on its own. And like it felt like they were the biggest worlds that Mario had ever really played in. And it's 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 crazy to go back and think about it because it's like one of those things where it was just like the first time you transform into something, it's like a huge moment, right? I think you transform into a frog at the beginning of the game. And it's this huge moment that the frog has all these special abilities. And that goes on with like every item and every enemy in the game, whether it's a dinosaur or a Goomba or later in the game, Bowser himself. So it's it's a really, really good Mario game. I think it's my favorite of the 3D Mario games. I think I I actually do like it better than, N6, than the Super Mario 64. But I think that's because it f- feels and looks so good and and has such varied play style and is so creative that it's really hard to to judge anything against it. Like this game kind of does everything. Am I wrong here or No, I think you're spot on. I think if I remove my very thick lens nostalgia goggles, I would say that Super Mario 64 is not the best and this easily takes the cake. Now, you did do a good job of explaining that the linear games that we got there in the middle yeah. didn't really feel the same. And I love Galaxy, I love Mario 3D World, but there's it loses that 3D open exploration that you got with 64 and Sunshine. That was really abandoned. Those Galaxy titles, 3D World, 3D Land, some of those other ones, you're really just cruising through the levels. Yeah. This brought you back to, as you said, larger than ever, but these yeah. open 3D areas that I loved about 64 and Sunshine is that you go into an area and you could do it in any order you want. You can turn left, turn right, turn around. There's very little invisible walls, places you can't go. It feels like a fully lived in, breathed in area that you're exploring. And like you said, you're rewarded on every corner for exploring a bit more. And I think that's what makes Mario so special. Yeah, I think the thing that that really helps this out too is that unlike 64, in 64, when you get a star, you get kicked out of the stage and you have to go back in. Yeah. And that's a pain, right? That's a bit of a pain, especially because a few years later on the N64, we would get Banjo-Kazooie, which I know people will people are going to torch me for this. Banjo-Kazooie is not a better game than Super Mario 64. It's not as creative. The pretty much every stage you do a bunch of the same things you collect the same five things at every stage you collect the same eight of one thing you same five of this thing it's it's, it's mario it, 64 on steroids which some people like i thought it was a bit much yeah it's it, it, it in some ways it is mario rpg super mario 64 on steroids and but in some cases it's just every stage is kind of a carbon copy of the stage before it yeah and it doesn't feel like everything's all that original where you go into Mario 64, you go into a world, one of the paintings, and you go into one of the zones, and there are six unique stars. Now, granted, that being said, yes, every star you're going to get, get every world you're going to get or every stage course or whatever in Super Mario 64, you're going to get a, you're going to get a collect five red coins uh, or eight red coins, eight red coins, eight red coins. You're going to collect eight red coins. And you're gonna get you're gonna have to collect a hundred a hundred coins to get get the hundred coin star. 
And that, yes, I understand that. But Banjo Kazooie, it's like find the five little lizard yeah. guys and find the music notes and get all the yeah. It's 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 there. I like Banjo Kazooie a lot. That's not me hating. But on even sixty four, which I love, Mario sixty four. You can't do any star at any point. Some no. of the stages are preset based on which star you pick. Mm-hmm. The level will actually change sometimes based on if you pick star one, two, three, or four. Yeah. While this game, like you said, you go into the world, you could really do anything. Yeah. The world is open to you. The kingdom is open to you. You can do anything you want within the kingdom, within the confines of that kingdom. You can go anywhere and there will be moons, power moons, pretty much everywhere. What I also didn't say, and I kind of glossed over this as well, obviously we we love Galaxy and Galaxy 2. Those are incredible games. But at the same time, those don't feel like to me, and I could be incorrect about this. Uh, hopefully one of the people, one of our listeners will will hop and correct me. I don't feel that Galaxy 1 and 2 are in the same vein as 64, Sunshine, and Odyssey. I think Galaxy 1 and 2 are way more linear once you get to the stage and almost kind of in the sense that it's like the stage changes specifically. Yeah. The galaxy changes specifically yeah. based on what power star you're trying to get. I think the camera is also slightly different yeah. in those games versus 64 Sunshine and Odyssey where you feel like you are really controlling Mario and anywhere he goes while Galaxy you're controlling him as he maneuvers the it's a little different it's hard to explain it is a little different i do think galaxy and galaxy 2 while fantastic games they're kind of like a piece of their own and i feel like 64 sunshine and odyssey are one piece they're a piece the uh, galaxy games and then you have super mario 3d land and super mario 3d world which are kind of like their own thing and unfortunately super mario 3d world since playing odyssey a game that i really do like has started to like drop a little in my appreciation having played the port on the switch that game doesn't feel as good as it did on the wii u and i think that's because we just didn't have anything on wii u and when you got a great game on wii u you kind of had to run with it because you were kind of that's it that's all you got for the year but odyssey kind of gives you so much to do and this game is like there is no shortage on interesting things to do in Super Mario Odyssey. Like you finish, quote unquote, finish the game, meaning you beat Bowser, you kind of save Peach. <laughs> I think that's one of the best turns in in Mario history. Very clever. Um, what they did with Peach in that in this game. You you, you beat Bowser, you kind of save Peach, and but not really. She kind of ends up ultimately saving herself. And and then like more of the game is open to you. It's got some of the most creative worlds ever. The kingdoms in this game are unbelievably good. And it's clear that they spent so much time in development, making sure everything felt unique and original. Mike, I want to bring up a couple of, before we get into some of the real nitty gritty of this game, I want to talk about a couple of silly things that people joked about when this game came out. And I want you to kind of give your comments on the first is, When you first see Mario next to what you call a quote-unquote real person in Metro Kingdom, is it a little jarring and funny? Yeah, I mean, I love Metro Kingdom. I think think New Donk City rules. I think that's just the best ever. And is it weird seeing Mario next to like real people? Yeah, it's real unsettling. But it also goes to show you that like Mario isn't really like a quote-unquote real person. He's a cartoon character. Right. 
I would have liked New Dog City to have been where Mario is from in the movie. Like, I think that would have been cool. That, like, use the Odyssey thing and everything's just a bunch of kingdoms. But they made him from straight up Brooklyn, New York. And that's it. But yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird seeing Mario sitting next to like a regular person on the bench who's going through an existential crisis. So I got one more for you. The first time you're on the beach level and you see Mario take out his swim trunks and decide to take off that shirt. What do you think of good old Mario's nipples? Uh, it's it's strange. <laughs> it's funny that Nintendo made a decisive decision to say that Mario has him and Link does not. So that's and, and, where we're at, folks. Batman put it on his suit for a while. Mario's got it. Zelda, Link doesn't. It, it's interesting who gets nipples, who doesn't. I, I don't know how we decide these things, but... There's definitely board meetings. Tons I'm, and tons of board corporate executives talking about nipples. Yeah, it might have been a Miyamoto thing. My Miyamoto might have been like, ah, I think he needs it. I'm dropping the but, gauntlet here. Guys, yeah, uh, guys, he's getting, guys, he's getting him. <laughs> you know what's cool about it too? It's it's also it's also completely un- inaccurate that an Italian man has no body hair. By the way. <laughs> yeah, right? I like like the fact that Mario has no body hair is ridiculous. Like, come on, dudes. Like, let's let's at least let's at least let him let him move as like he should. Ba- smooth like a baby's body. He's like, yeah, he's like a little well, baby man. And a mustache. Yeah, he's got a mustache. He's got a fantastic mustache, no body hair, which goes to show that maybe 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 Mario grooms. Uh, he you know, manscapes, maybe. He, he, you know what? Maybe he gets shredded at the gym and he doesn't want to lose it. <laughs> but and the other thing about it too is that, and I think we'll talk more about this, but the costumes, the costumes. Oh, this they, never happened before. No, they went to such leaps and bounds. They went to such depths. Even Spider-Man games don't get this many suits. I mean, they really went as far as I've ever seen Nintendo go. The first thing I do whenever I play a superhero game, like Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, which I'm playing right now, is I go online and I try to see all of the different costumes that have been spoiled. And with Mario Odyssey, going to the store and finding new costumes was one of my favorite things to do. Now, I think my favorite costume in the game is like the Mario Classics costume where they switch the red and the blue with the his overalls are red and his shirt is blue. But I definitely played a bunch of the game through the bunch of the game as uh, Diddy Kong uh, because I like Diddy Kong and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but no, the costumes are are unbelievable. But Matt, you had other things, other things on a checklist that I... Well, that's, no, no, that's fine. The costumes on. are kind of part of the weird moments of Mario because there's some funky stuff in there too. They went... With stuff like Mario Maker, construction type guy, and he's got a couple of those suits. He's like, oh, yeah. well, Mario's lived a lot of jobs and careers in his you know decades yeah. of, of being a plumber. He's had many hats, but they get weird and you get Mario skeleton. You get some weird Mario's a king. You get a lot of kind of odd and strange stuff, but I don't mind them getting weird. It's fun. And like you said, it gave you reasons to save up coins, go back and try and unlock every costume. Some of them are 999 coins. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so cool about it. It's really customized to your experience and you can mix and match, right? Hats yeah. and suits and stuff. So what's cool about that is that I like to play in the set because yeah. because that's that's the type of guy I am. But with Mario Odyssey, wow, I'm just like thinking about it now and it's been a while since I've played it. I think I think I don't think I've played Mario Odyssey since 
since 2017. I think it's wow. been six oh, no, years. That's, that's a regular in our home. Probably every few months, we're like, "Hey, let's play Mario Odyssey again." Yeah, I I haven't. The played replayability it. is through the roof. I know. Because like you said, everything is a quick surprise, quick surprise. You kind of move on to the next one. Yeah. Now there is the moment. There is the, it's probably one of the best moments in gaming for me. I teared up like a child when I witnessed this in the game. And it's in New Donk City. It's in Pauline is kind of having you gather some band members. Yeah. And then once you get them all together, that following mission, that following moon, do you recall, Mike, which one I'm talking about? Yeah, that's the moon where you get the band together and you don't realize it's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And you get the band together and they start, they sing, what is it, Jump Up Superstar? Jump is Up that, Superstar, which is a which fantastic is, song in it. Fantastic in song. I actually ended up playing that on Taiko Drum Master in Tokyo, I think a year later when I had gone for like a vacation. But she plays Jump Up Superstar, which is a fantastic song. It ended up being like the theme song of the game. Yeah. And... When that happens, you like play through Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's a bit of like a celebration of Donkey Kong where yeah. you get transported. They say they're going to have a parade or a celebration and you get transported to this 2D section of this game where every time you go 2D in this game, whatever so costume cool. you're wearing gets transported into the old original Super Mario Brothers, the original NES classic. And they have all these costumes in its 2D respective version but you get transported to this Donkey Kong level, but it's it's out of nowhere. It catches you off guard. You just save the city by bringing this band back, and it's this epic, epic moment. And by the end, I just I, I was beautiful. It's gorgeous, and you can do it over and over again. It's actually a great way if you want to save up some coins. Yeah, it's a great thing to do. Is that you get like I've got how many coins you get each time you do it, but there's secrets in there. You're jumping over barrels. You get Donkey Kong at the end. I'm not spoiling this for anyone. You've played Mario Odyssey. Come on, get come on, get real. And if you haven't, get with it. <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful moments. It's weird because it's not emotional inherently. No. It's it's it's, it's member so, berries. It, anyone who yeah, knows South Park. It's, it is definitely member berries for sure. But it's 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 so innocent. Yeah. It's such an innocent, beautiful tribute. Yep. that Nintendo created that it makes so perfect sense to why it's such an emotional moment. It's not like this like big like character death no or anything like There's that. There's no cutscenes, no story. No, no it's, it's just it's the story in your mind that that takes you there. Yeah, and it's it's like it's like a thank you, right? It's like a thank you to everyone who's been there since the beginning. All of and, us who have been playing this for and this game has several years. several nods like that, Mike. We mentioned costumes. You can actually put on the Super Mario sixty four costume, which is hilarious. Which looks like so like fish out of water. You see this low poly sixty four bit model of Mario in this gorgeous game. Yeah, it's jarring. But what I thought was really special, Mike. I'm very uh, nostalgic for the princess hub for Mario 64, just exploring Prince Princess Peach's castle, the, the grass around it. And this game gives you that map in gorgeous, brand new Switch aesthetics. And you jump on top and you get to be Yoshi. I mean, this game, it pulls on all the heartstrings. Yeah, I mean, like the moment in New Donk City was such a huge moment for me. And then you get to play as Bowser. Yeah. And then after you get to play as Bowser... 
you go to Peach's Castle. Yeah. And the music's there and you're running around outside and you can go inside and you can go to all the places that there were secret stuff in the game in the original game. And now you can't jump into really any of the any of the pictures. Old school, old school, like for lack of a better, better phrase, I excuse me, but old school BD energy Nintendo would have just put Mario 64 in that game. That would, that's like, that would have been like, imagine if it's kind of like Iwata taking Pokemon Gold and Silver and being like, yeah, well, if you compressed it, we can fit the whole first game in if you want. And uh, Game Freak was like, yeah, yeah, just do it. Right. So that would have been, that would have been like a, such a good Nintendo move, even if it was just a couple of stages, kind of like how throwback galaxy, which to this day was one of the more emotional moments I've had with a video game was the throwback galaxy and super Mario galaxy Two. Every so often I actually listen to that music. No, it's um, great when games do that. Donkey Kong 64, I believe has the original Donkey yeah, Kong in it yeah. as well. It's nice when games do that. This game had a lot of, a lot of memories and and throwbacks but didn't quite commit like you're saying i wish it did yeah i mean it would have been nice to have maybe like one or two stages like bob on battlefield would have been cool or something like that for power moons but going back to peach's castle it's like this this game was like a celebration of everything that ever was mario and almost to the point where nintendo could then turn around and be like okay we're gonna do different stuff now which is why i think wonder while it feels like a classic Mario game in terms of just its scope and and how you play it, there is something about it that is very different and very new. And you can tell it's new people working on Mario games. And there's something beautiful about that because Nintendo is not afraid to change. Odyssey shows that. There's always, when you play Wonder and Odyssey, there's this freshness there's this, how do we respect Mario, but also make it feel like something you haven't played before? Exactly. And it's 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 incredible, right? The director of this game is Kento Morokura, mm-hmm. right? And he got his start in on Sunshine, where he was just a character designer. And then he was a design director on the 3D games. And then he became the director with 3D World. And then I gather this guy's resume is is fantastic. 3D World, he's the director. Captain Toad Treasure Tractor, he's a director, which is a fantastic game. Yeah, a underrated. fantastic game. Underrated yeah. game. Captain Toad's one of my favorite characters. Every time I hear his little whistle, and it's just out of tune enough to like just make it so endearing. So charming. It's just, it's just, it's so good. Mike, and, you brought up yeah. before as you were talking about the game and, and how, how really, how perfect this game is you said the word feels good and with platformers and 3d platformers that's a huge part of a platformer the game has to feel good i think this is as good as any platform 3d or 2d has ever felt where you're not missing jumps you're not making mistakes you have full control over mario what you can do with cap by throwing it jumping on the hat there's so much dexterity and mobility to Mario, and I just love how good and accurate the jumps and the feel is to this game. Yeah, nothing nothing feels this good. There hasn't been a 3D platformer that feels felt this good ever, really. And for people that don't appreciate that, go play the original Tomb Raider on PlayStation 1. 
go play grid-based platformers, play games where you push the button, there's a delay and there's input to lag. And this game, just everything about it is, is snappy. It feels good. It's smooth. It's it's incredible. It's really, really incredible. And I really do think, arguably, and I think this is my favorite 3D platformer ever, and I do think it's probably the best 3D platformer ever made. I know that's saying a lot, and on this show, we actually say things like that quite a bit. But for me, yeah, you can argue 64 is is what it is. But like, I mean, I would even argue that Super Mario Odyssey is the best Mario game. 64 might you be know? more important than this game yeah. in terms yeah. of genre-defining. Yeah. This game, I think, I agree. I can't think of another 3D platformer that's as good as this game. There, Because there isn't really. I mean, 64 comes really, really, really close. And I think that this this if you if you wanted to argue that this is the best mario game you have a pretty good point yeah the things i love about super mario world which is my favorite i think of the mario games period is there's a lot of that dna in here right it's about mario world is such an interesting game and i know lately there's been more conversation of what's better three or world and I'm not sure why this comes up every so often, but it does. And there's people who are in the three camp and there's people that are in the world camp. Three has a lot of stuff you can you can do. It's got a lot of suits. It's got a lot of abilities. It's got a lot of stages. But ultimately, Super Mario 3, a game I love, is really about running to, running to the right. And a lot of the abilities in Super Mario 3 kind of, kind of mimic each other. Like, okay, we give you a Hammer Brothers suit. All right, how different is that than the fireballs, really? I mean, it, they kind of serve the same purpose. And and the raccoon suit is revolutionary, right? Mario World trims down on your power-ups because it makes them all make more sense within the context of the game that you're playing. And yeah, we don't have five things that do the same thing. We don't have a power-up that is just in one stage. Now, Odyssey does have power-ups that are just in one stage because they live in the world which you're working in. Yeah. And it's the function of that kingdom and the function of the things within that kingdom that allow the abilities that you get to function more and function better within the world that you're in. So they make so much sense. Of course, Mario is going to be able to take control of the T-Rex because that's where the T-Rex lives. And that's what we want to see happen. And it's not like a fan fictionalized version of what these things are. It is a realized, intelligent design choice to understand what people want to do with Mario and this new ability. So I have so much respect for this game. For one, showing restraint, because there is restraint in a game where Mario can become other things to not just completely go overboard and make it ridiculous yeah there really is nothing that borders on ridiculous the game never overstays its welcome it can easily become bloated but it's not people say there's too many moons but you don't have to that's optional you can only get what you what you need to move on the game very much has almost the perfect length to it yeah it's and where the game where the game like the first ending of the game is you could stop there and be perfectly happy with what you've played and at the same time, yeah, there are a lot of moons, but I'm pretty sure you can trip and fall into like 15 moons per per stage. That's kind of the point. The point is, is like you're always getting something and it's re- it rewards your creativity. Yeah. Because it's not always hints. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, what happens if I punch this like tree with this 
robot guy that I found in whatever the whatever the name of the the Pacific Northwest Kingdom is. The I believe it's called the Wooded Kingdom. It's pretty much just Seattle. If you're running around Seattle and you transform into a robot, you punch a tree with one of its like extendable arms. What happens? Oh wow, a moon came out. That's cool. So that's kind of what this game is. It's it's what I also enjoy about Wonder, where Wonder has gotten rid of the timer because they're like, ah, hey, just go go explore. Yeah. Check out but, what you find and you'll find moons and there will be moons. Well, this game, there will be moons. This game does encourage exploration, which is why we play video games to see things that we haven't yep. seen before to, yep. to be surprised. We don't want to play things that are predictable. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you like something that is simple and predictable, but this game for those that really got into video games as a kid, this makes you feel like a kid again. And it, it, it tells you all the time that you're going to be rewarded if you just go behind that wall, stomp on the ground, yep, jump up on this, attack that bird that's flying around, and you will yep. be rewarded for that exploration. Yeah, it's all about just you as a creator, you as a player being creative and yeah. using the tools that were given to you in the world around you. It's it's a lot of it, as I said. Now, do you consider, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mike, do you consider Cappy the costume, or do you consider each copy ability the costume, or are we in semantics here? Does it not really make a difference? I don't really know, nor do I think it makes the difference. Uh, I think I think Mario Cappy kind of allows he, Mario to transform. Right. Is Cappy the ability? I think so. This yeah. sentient hat. It's it's so cool. The Cappy mechanic is so freaking brilliant. I had my skeptics before this game came out. I was like, really? He doesn't turn different colors and get different abilities like what I know. And this is just, it's brilliant. It's creative. It's different. And you're right. This could be the best Mario game. This could be the best Switch game. And that's saying so much. The Mario lore, the Switch system, there's so many good games and this could be the best. Yeah. I mean, as a series, Mario is just so incredibly good game after game. And the fact that like 30 years after the first game had come out they're they're making a game that arguably could be the best one is just it's an incredible it's an incredible feat and graphically and, mike we always think the games look this good yeah. but if you go back to galaxy or sunshine or 64 or mario world this is the best mario and the characters have ever looked it's a gorgeous game i know this is not ps5 it's not xbox series x it's not a pc for the switch this game is gorgeous and this game came out the first year yeah october you know, 27th of 2017 it's an eight gigabyte file i think if i remember correctly yeah it's 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 a beautiful game it's yeah. the best looking mario game ever i mean wonder looks really really good but this game just looks incredible and yeah. still does still does it's just it's just an incredible experience and the amount of worlds the creativity of it the only place Nintendo can go from here is is full open world. Well, that was my really. final question. So we've gotten Bowser's Fury, which is almost like a test as far as they were trying something new. It's been six years since we got Mario Odyssey, but we didn't get a full 3D title. They've gotten a second Zelda game out in the same amount of time. They couldn't get a second Mario game out. What are they doing, Mike? Do you have any predictions on your end? Yeah, I think the next Mario game, the next 3D Mario game will be something akin to Bowser's Fury, but it'll be on a grand scale. And I think it will be a 
There'll be Big. 600 moons or stars in one open area. I think, and I think there will be just strange ways to connect those areas and secrets and t- pipes. And it's just going to, I think it's going to throw you in a world and it's going to be like run around and explore every single portion of it. And see, see, I think it could be like a living, breathing Mario world. Yeah. In that like super Mario world, you go to a ghost house then you go to a castle. Maybe it's just one area that you explore that you go from the forest to the ghost house, to yeah. the castle. And this is all just one open area that just, it's sprawling. Well, I mean, that's what Mario World is, right? It's a contiguous space. It's supposed to be represent one contiguous world. So I that's what I think they're going to do. And I think that you will see multiple ghost houses yeah. on the road. And you will see all sorts of weird, wild stuff. And there should be a road, right? That represents like, hey, this is your road that you normally will take. But if you go off the road a little bit, there's a forest or you go off to another This another sounds space like and- the best game ever made. So Nintendo, I hope we- you're listening. <laughs> yeah, we're if this happens, we're screwed. We're screwed. 100% completely screwed. Yeah. I think Zelda's kind of... And- Zelda Smash and Mario Kart, we always say, like, where can they go from here? Because they've made the perfect game. I feel like Mario, as great as this game is, there still is that, can they make one open world game? I think that Mario, because Mario can do so much and there's so many different styles of Mario's games, I think that we're never going to get to a spot where, oh, what can they do? Because I think they can do a lot. There's the mindless possibilities. They really, they literally, and I'm saying this with the best connotation possible, they do not care. Nintendo does not care about continuity. They don't care about the story of the Mario games. No, they I mean, just want Ma- Mario Wonder. What are these characters that you're interacting with? This world and in, in the new Flower World, they're like I forgot what they're called. So with a P, but yeah, these like flower-looking people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? It all makes it's, sense within the context of what yeah, the game is. I never question it. No, nobody questions it, and they don't care. They just want to do fun and interesting and unique and original things with Mario and. That's why Mario's so good. And yeah. because of that, the expectation for Mario, there really aren't any. Where Zelda has hefty expectations put on it because people expect X, Y, and Z. When it comes to Mario yeah, games, there's, people are like, there's, I just want to have fun. There's same things that we expect from Zelda games, while Mario, each one is so unique and different enough. No and that's why, yeah. And that's why when it came to Wonder, they were like, there is no deadline. Do whatever you want. And that's kind of what you need for Mario. Well, it's probably what's happening with the Mario Odyssey sequel, but it'll be worth it because this game is freaking great. It's, it's amazing. A 97 on Metacritic, which is like top 10, top six or seven. I don't think there's many higher than 97 besides Tony Hawk. I don't think so. Well, Tony Hawk. <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is just that good. As of Soundtrack September- alone gets you at like a 92. As of this month's quarterly listings for sales, and this number is probably growing by the second, there are 27 million copies sold of Mario Odyssey. I mean, that is absurd. Insane. 27. Insane. And, I, and I'm sure most of them were at 40, 50, or $60 plus. They're not selling oh, this game yeah. at 20 bucks. Nintendo doesn't discount their games, so they made a ton of money on it. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like they make good stuff. Like, what's the next best platforming series, 3D platforming series after Mario? I mean, probably Ratchet and Clank. And probably today, yes. Yeah, probably today. All time, there's a whole list of, like you said, there's Banjo, there's Spyro, there's. That's really good, but that's Insomniac too, right? And and they're not really, it's not really 
still existing in any sort of form. No. In today's day and age, it's probably Ratchet and Clank. And I love Ratchet and Clank, but like they're nowhere near as inventive as Mario. And that almost uh, borders and, on more 3D action yeah. than it does adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Platforming. This is more platforming. It's really hard to find a, a comparison to the Mario series. No, there's not. It's it is there is hard to find comparison. I, I mean 2D, sure. There's a lot of really good 2D platforming. Sure. But this game is kind of unmatched, man. It really is. There were a couple of uh, that popped up on the Switch. There was that game with that mascot. There were a couple of mascot games that there's tried like ukulele to- and there's ukulele, the three D one. There's Hat and Time. Yeah, the two. There's a third one where you're a furry fox that was on the Xbox. Came to the Switch. Lucky Tail is that it? Yeah, there it is. Super Lucky Tail. So there's been a few that have tried, but none of them. I mean, you're talking a fraction of the success. I mean, I mean, not even close. No, not even close. And Odyssey is just the king of the 3D platformers. So welcome, Super Odyssey. You deserve it. You're one of the more recent games, but there's no recency bias here. This game could probably go ahead of at least half the games on a Hall of Fame. It's that good. Yeah, this game's really, really good. And it just goes to show you the power of the library of the Switch. Switch has got a good library. It's got a really good library. And pretty much every game on Switch released is in many cases, the best game in that series. And who knew, Mike, that good games would actually drive sales of the hardware? What? Yeah. So, wow. so Microsoft, you want to sell some systems? Why don't you start making some games people want to buy? Yeah, I think that would be intelligent. I saw the single player. I don't know who owns Activision. I guess that's Microsoft, right? Microsoft bought them, right? Yeah, the Call of Duty is not reviewing well. Not good. The campaign. The campaign, because they're boring. And they're the same. And they've been the same for 20 years. I really enjoyed Modern Warfare back, but that's yeah. now, what, 15, 20 years ago. It's 2000, what, six or seven? Yeah. yeah game's forever old, dude. It's I, And I'm experiencing that with Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man 2. I think Spider-Man 2 is a fantastic game. It is Spider-Man 1. Mm. It is. It's the same exact game. Right. And I love Insomniac, but this is something that Insomniac does. They make the same game three What's or four funny, times. I, I don't like to uh, announce IGN on the podcast, give them any credit, but they were all talking amongst themselves. And a lot of them were saying the same thing as you, where if I just played Miles Morales and Spider-Man 1, and then I played this a year or two later, I feel like I'm playing more of the same. Yet one IGN person said, oh, you know what? I skipped those two games and I'm having the best time in the world with this. Yeah, because if, if Spider-Man 2 is your first Spider-Man game, you're going to be the best blown time away because Spider-Man right. is really, really good. Yeah. But the problem is, is the Sony problem. It's every game that Sony puts out is the same. And I don't even just mean that in the same series. I mean, I loved Ghost of Tsushima. But Ghost of Tsushima, you do the same stuff in terms of character progression that you do in God of War, that you do Horizon, in Spider-Man, Zero that you do Dawn. in Horizon. Yeah. It's all the same. Uh, same thing with, with The Last of Us. There are marginal differences between the gameplay and the games, but in the end, there are these large, expensive, bloated, uninteresting, uninteresting games that look really, really good. And yeah. I hate to say uninteresting. Well, the worlds, I think, are uninteresting. The games I think, are. I think the gameplay is really good, and it's really solid, and the writing is good, and the music is good. But I'm not motivated to explore. I'm not motivated to... And they should just go marker to marker on a map. They can't take chances. They're literally in the same problem. They're having the same problem the MCU films are having right now. And it's they cannot get creative because they're too expensive and they yeah. take too much time. 
And I think we would be better off if these games just took a step back and made smaller experiences and made them unique. When Spider-Man first came out, it was unique and it felt different and new. But we've played a thousand games like that since. And I understand, yes, it's very similar to Batman. I totally get it. It's also that. You've played three Batman games and played Spider-Man 1 or the the first Spider-Man and then Miles Morales. You're kind of like, okay, I've done this a lot. And I, I'm actually having a hard time getting into Spider-Man 2 because of it. casual gamers that don't game as much as you and me do might be just, they'll see Spider-Man, they'll see PS5, and they'll say, all right, I'll buy that, and they'll have a good time. I think people that are actively gaming like we are probably getting bored. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, it's it, there's almost like a there's almost like a fear to say that. There's almost like a fear that if we criticize it for that, that like I can't come out and say God of War Ragnarok was a, a beautiful boar fest. Cause it was. It was. I'm sorry, guys. It's it's a it's a beautiful game. It plays incredibly well. But if I have to look at three skill trees again that ultimately mean nothing because I'm going to buy every ability, then it's just like I don't want to play these games anymore. Yeah. It's God of War, it's Spider-Man, it's Horizon, it's Last of Us, it's Tomb Raider, it's Assassin's they Creed. Don't make, see, if you notice Nintendo it's and Star- Mario and Jedi. Zelda and Kirby, Kirby games, they don't make you sit in menus upgrading your abilities. No. It, it's just part of the core gameplay. And here I am playing, like you said, Jedi Survivor and the, the Jedi games, and I'm spending a fraction of my time in menu screens going through, adding stats, changing this, changing that. And it, that's not fun. But it doesn't matter. No. The stats don't matter. We're all going to write. Abilities don't matter. You're going to max out every skill tree. You're going to max out every chain of the skill tree. It's, 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 and I don't know why I'm getting so upset. It's, it's just, it's arbitrary. At least Zelda, in Zelda, the, the biggest criticism I've seen of Tears of the Kingdom is that it feels like, and these are people who didn't experience enough of the game, in my opinion. The people who are like, oh, it's just DLC of the first game. No, you're 100% wrong and you're not playing the game correctly. Or you're not, you haven't played the game enough to really understand just how different Tears of the Kingdom is from Breath of the Wild. Tears of the Kingdom took what Breath of the Wild did and made it look like made it look like a prologue. Like it was a test demo almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Breath of the Wild is still fantastic. It's still one of the best games ever made. But I but in those games, you there are no skill trees. You just figure out the world better. And I really want these games to, and it's going to be so annoying when it happens with Wolverine. It's going to be so annoying when it happens with an eventual eventual Venom game and an eventual Daredevil game when they're just different coats of paint on the same car. Even Mario Kart, which is probably Nintendo's most samey series they have, has found new and interesting ways to make the later installments interesting. Yeah, that's my that's my rant. And Odyssey is great. Yeah, creativity. Uh, come on, guys, just just be creative and don't try and do the same old. So people should really understand that they they should make games specifically for what I want them to be. Right, <laughs> specifically me, Mike Staub. That's why All games are only made for me, folks. Game devs, directors. If you like Spider Man because you think it looks cool, then you're wrong. Just kidding, folks. That is sarcasm. Please just also realize that I'm being a jerk right now and probably should tone it back a little bit. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us. 
ramble about one of our favorite games again. We are now into mid-November, so you're now hopefully playing the Spider-Mans, the Alan Wakes, the Super Mario Wonders, the Super Mario RPGs of the world, and there's still games coming out this year. It's nutty. So hope you're enjoying them all. In the meantime, Mike, where can people out there find you? Yeah, you can find me here on the Hall of Fame Video Game Podcast. You can also find me with my band, Bad Mary. Search us out at badmary.com or at badmaryband on all your socials. You can also find me on the Batman Tastic Cast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. You can find us at Batman Tastic Cast. And uh, I'll be giving more, giving more very strong opinions about the state of modern gaming on this show. I just also need to say one thing I am not old man yells at Cloud in this instance. I'm not like, I understand like the thing is, oh, he's just old. He doesn't like anything new. No, it's the opposite. I think the new stuff is boring. And I think that I want newer stuff to be more creative. I want them to like, I will, I think the least old man thing I could say right now is Super Mario Odyssey is the best Mario game ever made. The yeah. old man opinion is saying Super Mario 3 is the best Mario game. That's the old man opinion. And Mario Odyssey is so good because it's an ingenious and it's unique and it's different and it does incredible things. I just wish that mentality existed elsewhere and that we got more creative content moving forward. Thank you. Guys, in the comments, let Mike know if he's being a grumpy old man. <laughs> if, if he should get off your lawn, let us know. I feel uh, like I am being a grumpy old man, but I'm being a grumpy old man with the sense that like old music stings. I want to hear new bands. No, I get you, Mike. Guys, thank you so much for the listens, the reviews, the comments. Please do check out our back catalog. Tell a friend. And we will see you guys all on our next episode. Thank you, guys. See you soon. From Mike and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame Game Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time. You excited for Super Mario RPG uh, next week? Yeah, it looks good. It looks When's good. the last time you played through the original? I think 2020. So it's been two or three years. Yeah, I think I played through it on on stream, actually. Oh, cool. I think I was streaming it for a little bit. So to completion or you just did a couple? No, I think I played through it. I played through it till the end. I had it on the Super Nintendo Mini and I, I believe I had played through it because I played through it because it was, it was 2020. There was nothing to do. So I would just hop on (laughs) stream. Some of my favorite games. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. So I played through that. It probably took me like, I don't think it took that many play play uh, that many sessions. Or that I game, might have been playing it like in between two. In between. But what is that game? Fifteen to eighteen hours? I don't even think it's that long. I no. think a Mario RPG. I played it. The only time I played it, start to finish, was on the Wii eShop. Oh yeah, okay. That was probably about what is the Wii? Twelve, fifteen years ago. So I guess I guess RPGs under on just under. Uh, it's like seventeen hours. <clears throat> Which is short for a turn-based RPG. Yeah, not not for like. Are there, are there ten to fifteen hour turn-based RPGs you could think of? That are. I think there's a bunch of. Well, this is more than fifteen. I think there's a bunch of them that are like fifteen to twenty. Yeah, I think you could be Chrono Trigger in about twenty. I, I think you the could, one on three sixty blue, the one by Akira Toriyama, Blue Dragon. Style, I think that's supposed to be a short RPG. They say. Yeah, I, I think I, that's. I, could, I mean, all the all the like SNES era RPGs, they're all like. They're all like in that 15 to 20 range. I would say like maybe 20 to 25. 
Yeah. Those aren't that long. Like I think Final Fantasy six is probably like a maybe like a 20 like a 30 hour game maybe chrono trigger i think is actually pretty short yeah chrono trigger is pretty short i mean there's obviously a lot of alternate side and yeah stuff you could do in that game i I think when i hear when i hear 50 to 60 when i hear 50 to 60 that's where like all right you have to devote time to your life to that yeah that's when that's when it gets to i mean i think that more games it would be better if more games were I think 20 hours is really good. Yeah. 20 hours for like a lot of different types of games is really good. Like I'm pretty sure like the Night's Tale Republic games are each about 20 hours long. Right. But then you've got like some games where like, like Persona, where it's a minimum. Oh my God. hundred hours. A minimum of a hundred hours because you have to go through that whole year. Have you seen or heard some of the changes to Smash RPG to the combat? Yeah. I think it's going to be good. I think it's actually a good thing. Because I think it's it's I think this game it has triple attacks like Chrono Trigger, which I like, where you can combine. Yeah, it has I that. that. Also, like if you do the timed hits well, the timed hits you get like multiples, like you get they multiplies. I think. Yeah. So if you do the time hits well, I just wonder um, if the combat will scale. I wonder with all. This. I think that's why. I think that's that's why that's. I think they did it to make it interesting for. People I think that- they. Yeah, for for kids, for younger yeah. people. Like, yeah. I feel like you can't release just a straight up turn based RPG. And my son was playing on the cruise ship when we went to Disney, and yeah. he was playing the original and the purple dinosaur, which is pretty early in the game. You fight that guy who like steals your coin, or you... yeah, Croco. Yeah, he was fighting every battle he could. He was like level three or four, and he got his ass whooped, and he didn't do anything wrong. I was like, let's grind a little bit and then go back. It's it wasn't a fully forgiving game. I mean, it's not super difficult, but maybe well, more kids to play. Maybe that's this is it. Yeah. Also, you gotta the thing with that game is you have to know how to use the time hits. You have to yeah. know how to use them. Have to be really good with blocking. And yeah. I think trying to play an SNES game on a modern screen might be a little difficult. And yeah. I uh, love and the art style. I art style is great, it. and the new art style is really good. They kind of kept it the same. Uh, People are comparing it to similar. Link's Awakening. I don't think it's the Link's Awakening clay i think it's got more of like a no no i think it's just their squat like their squatter yeah they're all like squished down (laughs) yeah but that's kind of how they looked in the original based on like what come out had come out so they kept kind of like this like squat kind of small style which i really do enjoy i think it's really good any chance if this does really well we get a super mario rpg too I don't know. I don't know what Square's involvement is with this remake i'm curious too i want to see when the credits roll around if this if they took part i doubt it I think I bet they got approval. Have, I think yeah. I think that was probably Square probably just signed off on it. Yeah. I think if this does well, which I think it will, given that the Switch is the Switch, like it'll probably be one of the best selling RPGs on the it's Switch. It's gonna do five to ten mil, I think, this year. Yeah, I would say yeah. That's I mean that's really good, right? It's really um, good, right? Really, really good. But you have that, then you have them re-releasing thousand year door next year which is looking like it's probably going to be an early release release next year because it's already pretty much getting rated so i i think that uh super mario rpg is going to i think they're testing it testing to see if people are interested in a new one and i think the good thing about it though is that you could do a lot of things right you could you could essentially re-release on switch you could re-release mario and luigi yeah. That game, Paper Mario is already there on the N- N64 thing. So, but you could release like the Mario and Luigi games. I don't. I don't think they would do it as a package. I think they would essentially remake it 
and charge you $40. You could do obviously Paper Mario 1000 Your Door. You could do a sequel to Mario RPG. Like there's a lot of things they could do. And I don't know. I guess we'll see. Either that or this is like, hey, this is a one and done, the last hurrah. Right. Hopefully you right. bought it. Hopefully you bought it when it came out and and well, that's it. After Wonder, which is an original title, we've gotten now Mario RPG, which is a remaster or remake, whatever you want to call it. Luigi's Mansion 2 is coming next year. That's a remaster. Thousand Years Door is a remaster. They're yeah. basically saying, well, Princess Peach game's new. That's coming next year. So they are still sprinkling stuff in, but we're getting a lot of low effort. And again, I don't make video games, but not original yeah, titles. Yeah, I mean, they're it's yeah, they're remastering these games or remaking them. Which is great. Accessibility. People yeah. haven't played them before. Look, um, these are also games that are stuck on consoles, right? Like Mario RPG really, I mean, yes, it's been on eShops, but those eShops are kind of gone. Luigi's Mansion stuck it, on the DS. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon is stuck on the 3DS. So the the wait the the one they're releasing next year that's the second Luigi's Mansion right Luigi's Dark Mansion Moon? too yeah yeah so that's stuck on the 3DS you got Mario RPG is has been on online has been on places but it's really kind of stuck on the Super Nintendo yeah I would like to see them remake Yoshi's Island uh, I think Yoshi's yeah. Island if you you could do a really good remake with that because I know people are talking about the rumors <laughs> are that they might remake Mario Brothers three they might remake Super Mario World. For Nintendo to get this into the remake game at this point, it 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 it's probably because they see the future and they want to kind of reinvent or reintroduce people to these games. And games like Mario World, Mario 3 could really have a great audience if they remade it. I think the Link's Awakening remake probably showed them a lot because I think that sold close to 10 million copies. And I wonder what the cost is on something like that. I mean, I mean, you're developing it like Mario RPG is kind of getting a full development from the ground up, right? And also, though, at the same time, um, how much cheaper is it to do that than make a new game from scratch? Is it a fraction of the cost or does it still take a lot of? I don't know. 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 It's probably way cheaper. And it's also something that it opens up a doorway, right? Because they can test with something that's probably a little cheaper to work on. They could see if there's an interest in this still. Yeah. yeah, like a 2D Zelda, right? Are we going to get another 2D Zelda now? Because because Link's Awakening did really well. What's that Switch effect too? I saw as we saw in the thirty million units, one hundred thirty million switches out there, which is why I think if they go, if they don't have some degree of backwards compatibility, Metroid Prime Four. I'm saying it now. It will be on the original Switch. It might not yes. be the same game. It might be like a Twilight Princess or a yeah. Breath of the Wild situation. There's no way they release a. We, we, you and me both know Metroid is not a mainline series. They're not going to put that on a brand new console that has 5 million, 10 million units sold. No, I, I think that they'll they'll put it on both for sure. Yeah. Or they might just release it on Switch like they did with yeah, Samus true. Returns. Yeah, true. Because there's just like, there's 130 million Switches out there. And if you can play it on whatever the Switch 2 is. The numbers on Metroid Prime this year, do we know what that sold? Off I the top of my head, I don't know. It's I probably sold a couple. I wonder million. if it did three to five. I'd, I'd probably not five. No, nah, definitely not. I think the best Metroid, best-selling Metroid game is still Dread at I think just about three million. But uh, I mean, their top five games on Switch so far are Mario Kart Eight, Animal Crossing. I think after that, it's Odyssey and it's Breath of the Wild and Odyssey. What's crazy about it too is that Breath of the Wild sold more later in its life yeah like breath of the wild did pretty well at the beginning but like in its like third fourth fifth year the numbers for that game are 
are really incredible. I think they said before Tears of the Kingdom earlier this year and last year, Breath of the Wild numbers shot up. I guess people wanted to play it before Tears yeah, of the Kingdom. That makes sense. And what I also find crazy about it too is that the Switch is doing better towards the end of its life than it was doing in the last couple of yeah. years. Like the Switch as a console, both from a software perspective and a hardware perspective, like there is no slowdown in Switch in Switch order. Like, yeah, it's slowed down from like maybe three or four years ago, but at the same time, it's like the Switch is, as, is selling better this year than it did last year. And that's probably because of Tears of the Kingdom. Right, that's probably because of Tears of the Kingdom, and it's probably because of Super Mario Wonder, and the Mario movie definitely helped. And Super Mario Wonder is going to looking like it might be. It's certainly what they call the fastest selling Mario game yeah. ever. It might end up being the best selling Mario game ever. If I guess if it could surpass New Super Mario Brothers, right? Or how, how far did you get in that game? I've just been playing here and there. Have you? I'm right about. I'm about to get into like the caverns. I think. Okay, World 4-ish, maybe? Yeah, World, world, five, world, world 5. It's like the split between World 4 and World 5. Okay. It started to get... I mean, I already enjoyed it, but the levels really get creative, and some of the wonder stuff gets really cool, some later on stuff. Oh, yeah, and it gets harder. I mean, the special yeah. stages are really tough, and yeah. there's there's some difficult regular stages, too. So No, it's... Listen, Nintendo's in a really good place. The amount mm-hmm. of first-party titles they sell systems they're selling i would not yep. want to be microsoft right now compared to them sony's in an okay mm. place i think nintendo's i think they're far and away the lead they're definitely the lead creatively switch is definitely the lead obviously financially yeah and sony's biggest game of the year is spider-man 2 and i like spider-man 2 a lot and i think it's a really good game but ultimately it's not even an original character it's they're borrowing not- a character from marvel yeah, I mean, it's... But Nintendo's the, the, characters are their characters. Sony's- which is... Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the thing, right? That's that's like Nintendo's... Nintendo's strength is their IP. Right. And they're finally, after 40 years, really capitalizing on their IP with films and theme parks and stores. It, they, they did it. It was very intelligent because... And if you look at Disney, they did it too, right? Disney, Mickey comes out in 1928, right? Disneyland doesn't open until 1955. So it was almost you, 30 years. You need years. to build that franchise. You got to build like the foundation so yeah. you can really explode it. And I think we're still we're scratching the surface what Nintendo can do. I think I think if the Zelda movie does well financially. It'll like, do well. I can't imagine. Listen, I'm excited because I, good or bad, I'm excited it's happening. My expectations are low. The director, the producer, these are not like... Well, Avi Arad, he... He's got he's hits in, and misses. He's got hits and misses, but Avi Arad is is one... He's a Hofstra alum, so I have to give him <laughs> the credit there. But also, he he is kind of fundamental in the... Kind of the proliferation of Marvel on the big screen. I, I, he was involved with the Spider-Man movies, and that's a really big deal. I think Sony movies in general have a similar look to them, whether you're looking at Concussion with Will Smith or Uncharted or Spider-Man, the way they're filmed and the way they are edited and cut have a very similar feel. I just hope this should feel like you said, fantasy, childlike. It should be like running around the woods. Like It depends on what they're going to do with it. And I think typically people get Zelda wrong. Yeah. And not everyone, but I think there are some people who who get it wrong. Like Zelda is not a serious, dark, 
Now, Zelda does have a lot of darkness to it. It does. But the darkness in Zelda is very quirky. It's very weird. It's very odd. It's more unsettling than it is anything else, like Majora's Mask, or even aspects of Link's Awakening, or even aspects of Ocarina of Time. It's it's darkness. And yeah, there is the Dark Zelda game with Twilight Princess, but even that's really quirky. Yeah. Zelda is kind of this it's a fairy tale first. It's a legend, right? And you're not you shouldn't get with Zelda. You shouldn't get Lord of the Rings. If you're showing me a Zelda movie where there's armies fighting armies, I don't want it. Unless that's in the beginning when they're like when Hyrule was first started, right. blah, blah, blah. But it's about it's really about a kid who just kind of go leaves his house and goes out into the world. It's more the Hobbit than Lord of the Rings. And it's more Indiana Jones, right? In a, in a little bit of it, right? Because what makes Zelda interesting is, I don't know how they're going to do dungeons in a movie, especially, I don't think they're going to do eight dungeons. And puzzles. And puzzles and stuff like that. Now, I think that they will have something that does that. Maybe they'll montage it. I don't know. Casting is very to, difficult. I think Link to the Past style where you're in bed sleeping you get woken up and you're in the middle of like some crazy mission <laughs> to yeah. go to the castle i think that's great i mean the movie should start with link waking up because that's yeah. what every zelda game starts with so anyway we're going to talk a lot about this 